Grace, mercy, and peace unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For many people, the significant life events happen around the church. Many in this congregation, probably shortly after birth, were brought here or another congregation, and you are baptized. Possibly the next most important and most significant event that happened in, one, in, one, in one's life, besides completing preschool and elementary school and junior high school, is that you are confirmed, typically somewhere around the age of 8th grade. This is a rite that is largely misunderstood in the church, Confirmation is that point in one's life where they have gone through a period of instruction in the scriptures and in this congregation they are guided by Luther's small catechism and they stand before this entire public assembly to confess that they, that they believe the scriptures as it has been taught to them by Luther's small catechism. And from there they participate in public worship and receiving the Lord's Supper and to continue steadfast in Christian life and confession unto death. Every member of this congregation has made such a pledge. And our young men and women of the congregation make this vow during a time where they are only beginning to put things together as their brains are developing. Perhaps after confirmation, the next significant event in life would be graduation from high school or maybe college. But sometime after high school, typically the next significant life event would probably be to get married. Many people hold their wedding at the church to make a solemn marriage vow before God and to publicly receive God's blessing of their marriage, even if it is not only to just save a buck or two from renting another venue. Then perhaps the last significant event in one's life is their death, where they once again are brought before this altar and make, a public and make a public confession in the assembly, one last confession of their faith and their loved ones, before they are laid to rest and await the resurrection of the dead and the coming of our Savior. The most pivotal moments in one's life, from the time that they are born to the time they die, are all around the church. The church is where God gives his word and sacraments to speak to our life's circumstances. And this is only done at pivotal moments in our lives. But a weekly service is done for the edification, continuance, and strengthening of faith for the people. It is a place where we can find rest for our souls and cast burdens upon our God, where we do not have to carry them alone, but hand things over to him and have the encouragement of our brothers and sisters in Christ in carrying them. God gives bountifully through his church because he has established it. He establishes what it is and how it is to conduct itself. And most importantly, he establishes the order of how he is worshipped as he always has, even as we see in our reading of Jeremiah today. God gave specific guidance in how the Israelites were to worship him. He laid out all of these things in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and even before then, in Exodus. That they were to obey his voice, and that they were to be his God, and they were to be, 
that they were to be that they were to be his people and he was to be their god the way of worship was to confess that the messiah would come and die to atone for sin in order that people would be saved from sin death and the devil even the old testament worship testified to jesus salvific work and sacrifice on the cross the entirety of jewish culture was highlighted by the gospel. It was the hope and the salvation of the world. Worshiping Yahweh and trusting in Him was the path of salvation for them to be delivered from all their sorrows, especially from their enemies that were lurking at their borders. And so Jeremiah stood at the gates and proclaimed this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. The temple was the place where Yahweh was certain to be found. The temple was the place where Yahweh lived among his people. If only the nation of Israel were to repent and turn away from worshiping their gods. Yahweh would allow them to continue to live in the land that was promised to them and their forefathers. The nation of Israel had taken worship and formed it after their own heart and desires. They even sought the protection and certainty of worshiping other gods, rather than trusting in the protection and the deliverance of Yahweh. And this is a danger that we must be on guard against at all times. We must be on guard taking the confession of our salvation in Jesus Christ as the center of our worship. Anything that distracts from it or lessens it in some way, we must be on guard against it. Most, gives, most people give very little as to what may cause these things, as to what would lessen the Christocentric and the gospel-centered message that we proclaim here. But our worship is still very intentional in keeping the gospel front and center in our worship, just as it was handed down in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, in the way that God had instructed his people to worship in the Old Testament. We strive to do things that highlight our salvation in Jesus because it, is the because it is the only way of salvation. His death and resurrection is how we overcome the sorrows in this world. He alone is the reason why we have hope for tomorrow, and He alone is our joy and our priceless treasure. He is what we proclaim at every point in our lives. And his salvation is what we are reminded of every Sunday. Because we too often forget it. Keeping the gospel front and center is the reason why pastors sometimes have to say no to certain ideas when it comes to worship. Because some ideas take away from this confession of the gospel. And as Lutherans, we have a very distinct way of worshiping here. We do worship here with vigor and with that, that which is beautiful. 
our worship is focused on us receiving the word of God and the sacraments because we come in humility. We come as broken and humble people that need the gospel so that the gospel may be shown in its power to build and restore sinners like us. We do not come in through these doors proud, thinking that we have anything to offer God except our thanks and praise. After all, what else is one to do when we have received gifts so abundantly and freely, without any debt to be owed? Every one of us comes as beggars to this altar, so that we may receive the free gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation that was won for us in Jesus. Our comfort and piety is rooted in the cross of Jesus alone. How are we to overcome life's sorrows? We overcome them by receiving the, in church the word and sacraments of our Savior. We overcome them because we receive Jesus himself who has overcome all of life's sorrows. We have nothing to fear. We have no want or need that is unmet. Our lives, when we orient, when we orient them to receiving the word and sacraments and do so in a regular manner, keeps the good news of our salvation in our hearts and minds, where in the depths of our sorrows we forget the gospel. In weekly attending church, we form a discipline that is unlike any other, because Jesus gives us true deliverance from all things in this world. And on the day that he's coming, he, it is not like we are going to leave the church anyway. Rather, the church will be gathered into the new Jerusalem where every tear, pain, and sorrow will be comforted and forgotten by the eternal presence of our Savior. And in church today, and every time you come through these doors, we get a taste of our heavenly home. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.